0: Hello and welcome to episode 91 of Geek Town Radio. This week I have with me.
2: Ross. <laughs> oh <Hello>, Dave, again they've <laughs> called me, I completely forgot because it's like a month between when we do these, I completely <laughs> forgot that would happen and it's still, it's better now if any of them.
0: I'm glad you like it, yes, I, I, think, <laughs> I think
2: it's very appropriate for you. So how have you, how have you been? <laughs> Pretty good actually, this, but it's been an interesting month, I've got a lot of different stuff on but yeah I think in terms of what I've been watching, what I've been playing, it's been uh, more of the same but good in a way, I'll, t- I'll get onto that in a minute. How are you Dave?
0: I'm, I'm doing very well, I've been very busy, I've been out sure. to uh, Comic Con this weekend and uh, a Lego Dimensions gaming event on Ooh. on Friday but
2: we can it's we, such a shame I, uh, I couldn't get down to Comic Con this year it's such a shame I really wanted
0: to yeah it was had, um, it was smaller
2: my, than usual but uh, yeah it was good my girlfriend uh we were gonna do. Uh, she was gonna be, you know, the new Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. Oh yeah. So she was gonna be Miss Marvel, and I was gonna wear a suit and some red glasses and a little sign that says, "I'm not Daredevil." <laughs> <laughs> because everyone knew he was Daredevil at one yes. point. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Which would very be good. good.
2: But yeah, next year maybe. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Yeah. There was some very interesting um, costumes. The, this week weekend, I saw... All
2: on there, D10 Instagram, D10 Instagram. Yes, D10
0: Instagram, there was, uh, there's a number of photos got up there, but yeah, the, the girls that were basically wearing nothing but body paint. Yes, I saw,
2: yes, I saw that. Um, not safe
0: for work. Yeah, no, not, well, well,
2: actually... They're I mean, fine, they're they, fine. They'll be okay, they've
0: got the relevant bits covered, I guess. <laughs> the so, relevant bits. So, uh, you know, but it, it was... Uh, yeah I mean they, they, but they were actually stood in the middle of the hall getting painted
2: right okay so, so sort they, of live if you will
0: yeah they're sort of getting painted live and then they were posing for photos at the end with a very happy looking Conan <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah he was also ripped. fairly impressive I mean, let's <laughs> <laughs> <to> be honest <laughs> if, you, if you swing that way yeah you know he was fairly impressive <laughs> as well so uh, I mean it was uh, it, but it was good it was fun I got to see uh, Manu Bennett who is the guy that plays Deathstroke in Arrow, and he's on the Shannara oh. Chronicles, and he was on Spartacus, and you know various other things. But uh, he was—he was there. He was absolutely brilliant, and. Uh, he did a panel on Saturday and Sunday. I only caught him on Sunday, but that, that panel is now up in our YouTube channel, which is uh, youtube.com forward slash Geek Town. Got all so, the socials today. I Dave,
2: have, all the social yeah. media. So
0: so that's up on there if you want to go and watch it. The sound quality is dreadful. But <laughs> 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 they
2: get a microphone or
0: something. There. Well, yeah. I, I, I have got a microphone. Unfortunately, the problem is that they, unlike London where they have dedicated halls to do the interviews and stuff with the panels there they have um what can only be described as a large inflatable nipple uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is is what they use as the hall for the panels and the problem with having a big inflatable thing like that is it's got a generator that kind of goes off in the background and it doesn't really keep the sound out that much
2: oh okay
0: so it can be really difficult to uh, hear what's going on and uh, the the mic just picks up every single little bit of background noise and there's, you know, so I've managed to deaden it down a bit, but it's not the greatest greatest audio quality, but you can go and, you can just about hear what he's saying so you can go and kind of listen if you want but uh, that's upon our YouTube channel uh, uh, that's on uh, youtube.com forward slash Geek Town if you want to go and see that I also saw the Red Dwarf panel as well which was the uh, it was Chris Barry and Danny John Jules on that and they, uh, were, I they,
2: saw, uh, they were on good when I when I went, I think it must have been twenty fourteen ish. Craig Charles was there, but I think we went to Manchester.
0: Oh yeah, Craig Charles rarely turns up for any anything other than occasionally does London, but quite often the only one he'll do is Manchester. Mm. Um, he doesn't travel that often, so <laughs> the others are there quite a lot. I mean, Chris, Danny, and Robert do an awful lot of them, and Hattie Hayridge turns up for quite a lot of them. Out the Red Dwarf people. Which uh, must be a bit difficult, considering they're now making the show without her. But <laughs>
2: yes, yes.
0: But uh, but yeah. So that's sort of been my weekend and TV-wise Grand Tour started it this I,
2: watched, week. I I it's on my list yes I, I watched the Grand Tour what did you think? I really enjoyed it I mean
0: it is slightly rubbing it in the face of the BBC definitely <laughs> you know I mean from the opening sequence which has him walking out of what is supposed to be the BBC handing mm. his kind of pass back and then getting straight on a plane to LA getting <laughs> like, like in a supercar and driving it across the desert Mad Max style you know
2: yeah I, and, and it's, uh, it's nice to see that big huge budget they've got they're doing you know they went to oh, Burning yeah. Man and you know the whole thing
0: yeah uh so that was that was all kind of set up uh killed three three famous people as well <laughs> yeah
2: yeah <laughs> which yeah. is good I was trying to work out if they were actually those because if if it wasn't is this a spoiler if it wasn't Jeremy Renner it looked a lot like Jeremy Renner I, I'm pretty sure that was Jeremy Renner okay. whether the, se- the, the, the second one because you couldn't you didn't really get a face shot yeah much it I could, don't know whether that was yeah I don't know whether that and was because at this point I was on, um, I was looking and I couldn't tell whether it was Carol Ward or not
0: I'm not sure I think it probably was actually but I'm not she's sure in the, she's in the jungle though she's busy well, she is now, yes, but this was all <laughs> yeah, pre-recorded. I know. So- it. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: So I've been, mean, I, I don't know, uh, but I thought that was really well put together. The, I mean, it's, it's, it's the three of them just messing around as usual.
2: Yeah, and I think if they're given the space to do that. I think that's what's important. But I mean, you still have to have those uh, certain, you know, you know, like the, the thing about the BBC was that there's a culture about the BBC that's quite stuff shirt and, and rigid. And yeah. they work. They work in that boundary because they're like, let's not do that. Let's let's mess around and then we'll get in trouble and they'll be, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I still thought it was. I I thought it was really good.
2: I thought definitely very good.
0: I thought it was well put together. You know, you can see where the money's gone. It's enough of a change from Top Gear to make it like interesting again, because uh, we've had this conversation with Mike who does the podcast as well. And Mike, mm. Mike was saying he was starting to grow a little bit. You know, he felt it was going a little bit stale, the TV version. So uh, yeah, it's going to be yeah. interesting to see what he thinks of, of, uh, Grand Tour. But I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun, you know, and, and different. And, you know, the, the challenges were good. Mm. Uh, but I,
2: it's not, it's not too different that it would alienate. If you already like Top Gear, you're going to like it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. I do wonder what they are going to do about the guests. Are they actually going to get guests on the yeah. show, or are they just going to pretend to kill them every week?
2: Because it was like, so what? So what is actually happening at this point? What's actually going on? Yeah. Is it going forward. In the is it twelve episode run they've got this season? It's either twelve or thirteen, I think. Yes, right. But yeah, so what's
0: actually happening there? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, They may actually get somebody on. I'm not sure. So I'm sure I've seen publicity photos with famous people sat
2: Ah. with them,
0: but I could be wrong about that. I don't know. So, uh, but yeah, that I really enjoyed. Blind Spot as well back this week, which is is going strong again. I really enjoyed that. And uh, the other thing I watched, which I've had saved on my Skybox for a while, was, uh, you know, Fox did a remake of the Rocky Horror Picture Show.
2: Oh yeah, I think didn't we talk about it on here? Wait I think
0: we may have done. Yeah, so yeah, the, I I finally got round to watching that because it's I, I yeah was short of something to watch on Saturday night, so <laughs> I I put that on, and it, it's okay, it's fine, it's very sanitized. It's okay,
2: it's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, well that's the thing. It's it's kind of it's okay. It's sanitized quite a lot from the original though it's it's got all the edges rounded off from what the Mm -hmm. original was obviously it's of a potentially yeah i suppose it is of a higher quality but you know because it's newer and you know you know you know the people in it and the songs are still fantastic but all it made me want to do is go back and dig out a copy of the original yeah yeah and go watch that because the original i just think i mean i i've seen that first uh, original version of rocky horror I don't know how many times so cool. I I just I, yeah just felt a bit kind of well it's okay and they've done a reasonable version of it but yeah you know if you're going to do that why why not just go back and watch the original so sure. you know it's it's far better I think so yeah there's that uh what have you been up to
2: uh well actually I'm still you know last time I was still playing fallout mm. still playing fallout there. Yes. I don't know what's happened still playing Fallout. I'm in the dlc now Play Far Harbor. It's long, but it's good. Uh, and we got mod support this week, I think. Oh yes, yeah, did on so, the... PS4 players, we get some of the mods. Yes, and the the small portion of the mods that we get, some of them actually work. <laughs> so that's nice. Uh, I mean, it's it's nice if you want to change like a tiny amount of texture, but uh, yeah. Using existing textures, yeah. yeah, no, it's good. It's it, it's good. It's a good thing. As Fallout Four mods was ranked in the top three reasons I was thinking about buying an Xbox. There were only three. In fact, <laughs> I don't think I could think of a third. The first one was Forza. The second one was Fallout Four and Skyrim mods, and there wasn't a third one. So I might not, but I might. <laughs> what else? What else? We saw Doctor Strange. Really good. Oh yes, yes, I saw that last I, week. I yeah, talk about it last week. It was really good. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. Uh, someone said to me before I went in that um, if it, it, it was like if Marvel had made a Harry Potter movie, this is the Harry Potter movie they'd have made. Yes. And I think that's very accurate. Yeah. And also, uh, my girlfriend, who's Harry Potter obsessed, kept telling me how this thing that happened was like what happened in Harry Potter, which she does for, <laughs> which she does for movies anyway. But it happens <laughs> so much in Doctor Strange. Uh yeah, we've also been watching Luke Cage, really enjoying Luke Cage. Yes, yeah. Uh, I think we're sort of towards the end. And then what we're going to do, you'll be happy to hear this, Dave, once we finish Luke Cage, we're finally going to watch the last two episodes of Jessica Jones, oh, which we still, like. we still have not seen.
0: You really should. I do really like Jessica <laughs> Jones. Really yes. should
2: watch that. And also uh, Westworld. I'm two behind, but we're, I'm, I'm, I'm watching Westworld, very Ooh. much enjoying that. It's not my type of thing, but I'm, I'm still loving it. That's fantastic season, Yeah. Really, really good. Really enjoyed every, every month playing Telltale's Batman game? Yes, I'm, I, that I I'm the, behind uh, on. I need to go I back to that. I believe the next one comes out, well, it's the 23rd. It's tomorrow for us, but maybe not for your, uh, when this goes out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that should be good.
0: Yes, I'm way behind on that. I need to go back to
2: it. <laughs> it's great, Dave. It's great. What I love about it is that because my girlfriend's not a big gamer, I, I, can, I can show her this and she can play it and she... Because it doesn't involve too much input or skill particularly, she she can do it and enjoy it, and she makes decisions. <laughs> and she's horrible, like she's horrible to people on this game. <laughs> oh, you can't just say that to the guy. <laughs> like, I'm Bruce Wayne. Do I want mate? <laughs> but yeah, He's really good a monster. <laughs> to, I think it's very good to play with uh, someone who perhaps isn't into video games. Yeah, because yeah. it's more it's more of an interactive book or film. than Yes, it, yeah. You know? which is great. So yeah, Yeah. that's been my, uh, it's been good. It's been good. Yeah. So, um, well, yeah,
0: gaming wise for me, uh, Civilization 6 still is, has been the thing that's been sucking up an awful lot of my time. (laughs) Um, but as it I,
2: will do.
0: Yes, as it will do because you can set a game that goes on for like three weeks. So, oh dear. so I've been playing quite a lot of that still, but I've had a slight break from it because on Friday I went down to London to an event put on by the people that make Lego Dimensions. Le- are you aware of Lego Dimensions?
2: I am aware of it's there. What's what, what's that game that you, they start sold in bits? Was it Skylanders, and you have to buy the different bits?
0: Yeah, Skylanders. Or it, no, Disney Infinity. Yeah, Disney Infinity's one as well. It, it's the ones that sort of have interactive toys that come with sure, them. You know, yes. um, and the
2: toys give you more levels or whatever. Yeah, you, the more and, you buy, the better it'll be. The more yeah, game you've
0: got and different characters you can use in game. So. Lego Dimensions is basically that, done with Lego, which is uh, is kind of an interesting experience because mm. you have to physically build the things
2: before you can use them. Yeah. Do they know if you've built them wrong? No. There judgment? no, <laughs> like, no like there's no judgment. Like a time trial.
0: There's there's no kind of judgment if you've built them wrong, I don't think. you. <laughs> but, you know, you sort of get into it, you know, you want to mm. kind of rebuild them. The, I'd never played Lego Dimensions before I went out to the event. So it, it basically because I had Disney Infinity and bought I have the whole set of the Star Wars Disney Infinity figures because I really like the figures and yeah. I, I I just sort of thought if I buy Le- Lego Dimensions I'm going to end up buying everything so, <laughs> so yeah, once you're in yeah you know and it's one of those things so I was like oh I don't I don't want to get like yeah, sucked into it so i i kept away from it and then the, they said do you want to come down to this lego dimensions event and have you played it before no okay we'll give you a starter pack i was like oh,
2: damn it <laughs> that's good
0: so so i've now got a starter pack which uh, obviously i need to be able, i i couldn't I, you know i couldn't give it away on the site or anything like that because i need to be able to play it because i'm going to be able to write something about it afterwards so mm. um so i've had that out and kind of built that they also gave me uh they're promoting all the new kits that have released uh, for christmas basically so they've got a, a huge fantastic beast somewhere to find them kit gremlins sonic the hedgehog et and adventure time are the uh are the big, wow, kits those are some the big
2: licenses yeah and i mean you always wonder about things like that don't you like uh you know where they get all these different licenses and you think well how much money have they had to spend
0: on that you know I, mean, I mean i don't know i mean it, it's a ridiculous toy box that they've got to play with and um I actually but then who's saying no to Lego well, yeah, quite, exactly. You you don't, do you? But yeah, I so I was down there. The, it, it was an amazing event because you went to this, what looked like a little office from the outside mm-hmm. and uh, they took you in. And then, and then they, on
2: closer inspection, yeah. the office is made of these tiny bricks. <laughs> yeah, that would
0: have been awesome. Uh, no, they, they, they take you inside and you, know, you go downstairs and they've got this central kind of room set up as a hub, which has got all the consoles on so you can play the different games and then they take you off into little side rooms and in the side rooms they've got the new content set up in themed areas so Ah. like they've got they're showing off the harry potter content and they've actually built harry's a bedroom under the stairs. Oh wow! So, so you could actually kind of go in and sit in. I don't know what Harry was complaining about. It was perfectly <laughs> comfortable. New, I mean, admittedly, I had a TV and a PS4 in there, but you know, it was it was really nice. It's, it I would have been a wonderful I place I to sit I and play games. No, I guess that's what. But it was it was really great kind of place to sit and play games. They were showing off the Mission Impossible content, mm. and uh, they had you kind of climb up onto a thing which they sort of pretended to to spend you over a top of something you know <laughs> like amazing. invisible impossible uh they had and the fantastic beast ones was great because they had a, a setup with like a suitcase you know the fantastic beast yes, suitcase yes. on the floor and you open the suitcase up and you could climb inside and there was a gaming huh. kind of nook inside the suitcase so uh it was brilliant fun and the games were really great and uh I, yeah, I, the Fantastic Beast stuff looks absolutely brilliant. The, there's a, a full kit with like new gaming levels, and it gives you a new kind of back piece to the, to the uh, portal thing on it. And, you know, so there's a whole load of brilliant stuff for it. Uh, I had a chance to sit down and talk with Arthur Parsons, who is the head of design for Traveller's Tales, who are the people that make LEGO Dimensions. So we talk about all the new kits that are coming out. Um, also, there's an upcoming pack which they're releasing next year for. Goonies as well, which you talk a
2: bit about. All, all the IPs these days.
0: Yeah. And and apparently, inside, randomly inside the Goonies pack, they apparently have snuck in some Red Dwarf content. So <laughs> so there's What's loads mean, of stuff. Snuck in? How do you sneak something I in? I don't know. But he, <laughs> he talks a little bit about that. So we've got this little interview. It's only about eight minutes long. So we'll play that out. And then when we come out of this, we'll give you some uh, TV and film news. <laughs> Nice to talk to you. Thanks for spending a little bit of time. Do you just want to explain who you are first?
3: Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, I'm Arthur Parsons. I'm head of design at Traveller's Tales in Knotsford. Obviously, we're the development team behind Lego Dimensions. And I'm kind of, I guess, representing over 200 people who have uh, worked incredibly hard on Lego Dimensions.
0: It's an amazing game. We're, we're sat in a room sort of full of various different variations. of it. How does it feel to basically be given the largest toy box in the world?
3: <laughs> um it, it's it's incredibly exciting it's yeah I've, I've been at tt quite a long time we've, we've obviously made a lot of great lego games dimensions is just something that that allows us to really go a little bit crazy because you know you've got so many great ips just mashed together whether it's something like fantastic beasts which is obviously you know a huge movie that's out today or whether it's you know something from 30 years ago like et but bringing them all together in a physical and digital space is just really really great fun and it appeals to everyone that's the that's the really truly great thing about dimensions it's not any one particular person's favorite thing it's kind of everyone's favorite things thrown into like you say a a great big toy box
0: it's the fact that i think they connect with you connect with the fact that lego is a toy for everybody you know 40 year olds like me you know who grew up on it still play with it and you've got kids that are are playing with it as well now so the ips that you've gone for i'll like say things like gremlins the original you know you've got ghostbusters and new ghostbusters and all that sort of stuff do you have a particular favorite of the uh, ips you've been allowed to play with
3: yeah i I guess i kind of have two like big favorites one of them is a pack that's actually not out until March, which is um, The Goonies, uh, because it's probably my favorite movie of all time. Um, and the second pack is, uh, I guess it's kind of two, it's The Wizarding World, it's it's the Harry Potter team pack, but also the Fantastic Beasts pack, because I'm like a, a great big, I'm, I'm, I'm a geek and a comic book fan, but I also love my Harry Potter. So those are kind of my two, but that is the great thing about Dimensions, is that, that there's something that, that will appeal to pretty much everyone, whether it is something, you know, from, from yesteryear, like you know, Goonies or, or Beetlejuice, or whether it's something that's that's current, like Adventure Time, we've tried to make sure that there's something for everyone that the minifigures this year are probably the greatest set of minifigures I've seen. The little gizmo and stripe from the Gremlins pack are awesome, really, really collectible, really, really great fun. But the team and, and I have, have kind of put a lot of effort into making an authentic experience. So no matter which of the IPs you're playing, it's true to that IP. You know, the, the the packs are really, really authentic. So the Sonic one is is a celebration of 25 years of Sonic, and and people that are huge Sonic fans will love that. But if if you just kind of it, like you say, it could be someone's very first introduction to Sonic. So again, it, it it's it's making it accessible to everyone. But the fan service is, is kind of there for, for real hardcore fans of these IPs.
0: The range is just amazing as well. You've got anything from Scooby-Doo to, through to, as I say, uh, yeah, Goonies is an interesting one coming up. Uh, is there an IP you'd like to get hold of that you haven't yet?
3: <laughs> I i would love to say yes, but the thing is, you know, back when we first started Dimensions, there was things that we wanted to do that we never thought we could. Things like Portal, things like Doctor Who, and then to be actually able to do those things it's it's bizarre you know be able to get beetlejuice in into dimensions and so you know for for me i think i've probably had all my boxes ticked i've I've scratched all my itches but we are constantly striving to make the game better you know we we did way back when the game was very first announced we made a promise that the game was was going to be around for a while and we were going to be constantly adding to and supporting it and and That's exactly what we're doing at TT. We're really trying to make sure that it is the best Toys to Life game experience people can have. And, you know, in its second year, this Christmas, it will probably actually be bigger this year than it was last year. You know, it's great having something where there are no rules. You can take any character, any tag item, any vehicle into any world and just have a great time. You know, whether it's you on your own or whether there's two of you or even four of you with the new battle arenas, Um, there's so much content in there you know, we, we sometimes take a step back and think, really, did we make all of this? You know, uh, and obviously we're still making it. We're still working hard on stuff in the office for next year.
0: There is a phenomenal amount of stuff. I, this actually is my first introduction to actually playing Lego dimensions here. Um, cause it's one of those things that I've, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Lego and I love the other uh, Lego games. I've just avoided it cause I know how much money I'll end up spending on it. <laughs> so, so I, I sort of kept away with it, but I'm, I'm, Leaving here with a with a starter pack, so that's probably a bad sign for my Christmas. But um, yes, anyway, the uh, the amount of, of stuff. Just looking around, I mean, you know, we've got Wizard of Oz over there. You've got uh, uh, this stuff from the Hobbit, et Doctor Who. Simpsons has come up a number of times, and the Battle Zone. So the Battle Zones knew this this uh, time around.
3: Yeah. So so year two, we wanted to really look at kind of building on the success of year one, but we were always conscious that that we know that games are expensive. A lot of us are parents ourselves. And so we were looking to add as much value to every pack as we could. So the Battle Arenas was a way of players being able to take the toys that they've got from, from maybe year one or new ones from year two, and another way of playing with those toys. So yes, you could take Harry Potter and the Mystery Machine and, 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 and go and explore, I don't know, you know, Harry Potter and, and Hogwarts land. But what you can also do is take those items into the battle arenas and every single pack in year 2 has a unique battle arena so there's i think there's 20 22 maybe altogether um and it's just another way of playing it allows four players to play together competitively or or in teams and it just adds that sort of amount of value we we pride ourselves on ensuring that there is a lot of game for for that money that people are going to pay whether it's you know paying uh 12.99 i think it is for a fun pack or whether it's paying sort of you know uh 24.99 for a for a level pack i think we just want to make sure that people feel that they get value for money um and and that's why we added that mode we really want to make sure that people are kind of seeing dimensions as their i guess you know their they their you know they one stop for a choice life experience
0: yeah and and you also get lots of LEGO to play with which is great
3: <laughs> yeah those those you know we're no different in the office, you know. When we see a new minifigure, we're all there getting our minifigures lined up on our desks. The sloth one from Goonies is one of my particular favourites. I think that's going to be really popular. The Sonic one is incredible, you know, Sonic in Lego form. And I think, yeah, fans of Lego, fans of of our video games, fans of all these IPs will love it. And it's great in year two seeing, you know, like yourselves, people that maybe didn't sort of jump into dimensions early on, coming on board because. It is a, a platform, I guess. It's not just a sort of a one-shot game. You you don't need a new portal every year. You just need that one starter pack, and then you can add what you want. You know, you if you wanted to add the the Night Rider pack, great. If you don't, it's not a problem. You you kind of can play whatever you want to play.
0: Yeah, well, I, as I say, I'm getting a start about today, so I'm I'm looking forward to playing various things over the uh, the next few months. I'm sure I'm going to end up with a ridiculous collection very soon. So.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I hope you enjoy it. And um, it is, you know, there's plenty of storage solutions out there, and um, it's 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 a challenge storing everything.
0: Yes, I'm sure it will be. I'm going to have to make some room. I, I'm off to play Fantastic Beasts next. I think is my next thing. So uh, I'm looking forward to that.
3: Brilliant. Enjoy it. And and that pack again, yet another example of of why it's great. You know, Eddie Redmayne's done the voice of Newt for us, so he's recorded original lines, as has Ron Perlman, um, Dan Fogler. It's just it's such an authentic experience, but has that Lego Dimensions twist. So um I hope you enjoy it. And in that pack, believe it or not, there's some kind of hidden stuff in there, like there's even a look, like, a hidden red dwarf area.
0: Really? Wow. Okay, that I am looking forward to finding.
3: (laughs) So, yeah, I hope you enjoy it.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. So, film and TV news this week, we kick off with...
2: It's exciting. It's exciting.
0: uh, It's a new TV show coming from ABC or coming to ABC in America, and it's uh, starring Marvel's Inhumans. Woo! Yes, I, I take it you've heard about this then.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, I heard about it the other day. Someone, I think it was someone on a podcast. Uh, don't worry, not a direct competitor. It was a different <laughs> Boom. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, Yeah, uh, they were talking about it. And uh, yeah, I said it really because I, I don't know the humans. I know Chris used to like them. I, that's all I know. Yes. And I know they're in space, I think, and the guy can't talk. Because you yes. blow people up or something. Yes. That's all I know.
0: Yes. That's that's basically um d- that's right, right? sort of synopsis accurate. of it. Yeah. Well inhumans obviously uh if you've been watching Agents of Shield, Inhumans have popped up in Agents of Shield so far, but they're, they're not what is known as the inhumans that are in the comic books as they're such.
2: Just some some in humans. Some
0: inhumans. Um,
2: <laughs> uh, <in> <laughs> some that some
0: <laughs> yes so uh the the, the humans comic book is based around the uh inhuman royal family which is uh, uh, which is what they're based on the new tv show on the the lead character from that is a, is called black bolt and he's the
2: guy with the talking he's the yes guy.
0: or not talking yeah uh the black bolt is is an interesting character basically because he's got all the usual superhuman things but he's Distinguishing feature is his voice because he can't talk. Because if he talks, it sends destructive shockwaves that are capable of leveling a city.
2: So, so that is destructive, is how I describe that. uh,
0: So, he basically doesn't speak and communicates either using sign language or through a spokesperson. So, so that's sort of Quite an interesting thing to base the show around. A character that's mute yeah. essentially. And
2: I think if, if if we know anything about Marvel, it's that they can they can do characters who can't do something like I can't see, and that worked out all right.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, d- I don't know. It's interesting. Um, they they're planning to to base the show around Black Bolt and the rest of the inf- human royal family. So that and they're sort of various mutants of one type or another, basically.
2: Mm. Do we know who's got it? Who's, who's picked it up or
0: anything? Uh, what the in
2: terms of TV, the, TV, the show, yeah. Well, who in the in the
0: US, it's ABC. Over here, it it, it doesn't come out until autumn. Uh, 2017 so it won't have a uk pickup yet
2: but it's not like it's not like netflix or anyone there
0: no, no, no! It's ABC, so it's the same network of Agents of Shield. So you it's may. So, it
2: sucks when things aren't on Netflix.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you may see some crossover with Agents of Shield, although I'm not entirely sure they're going to be directly related. Who has uh,
2: didn't Channel Four get Agents of Shield? Not saying that would be the same again, but
0: yes, yes, they did. Uh, whether they will go after this as well, I don't know. But yeah, if there is crossovers, it'll be annoying if it goes to another station because <laughs> that always—that's such a pain. It's like um, the Chicago's, the you know, the very Chicago Fire Med and uh, whatever. Oh, the other I see. One. The annoying thing about those is they're on three different networks over here. So sure. so if you're a fan of those they and they do crossover events and they run completely out of order. So <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of annoying. But yeah, so hopefully it you know it will if they are going to cross it over at all with Agents of Shield it will run sort of oh know, on the same channel over here but we don't know yet. So uh, interesting one to look forward to.
2: I'm definitely look forward to. that. And that's when uh, August ne- uh, autumn, autumn next year. So. Autumn next year. Great.
0: It's also getting a uh, IMAX release in September next year. Apparently. Okay. Uh, they're, they're going to, the first two episodes are basically going to be stitched together as a movie. Cause there was originally talk of an Inhumans movie and then yes, they backed yeah. off from it. It looks like they're now going to do the TV show. And because they're doing the TV show, but they kind of talked for so long about doing a film, it Ooh. sounds like they want to put the first two episodes together as a movie. and oh, then,
2: that, that feels like good fan service.
0: Yeah, and then they're going to the put
2: people that out.
0: So, yeah, it's going to go out, I think, exclusively on IMAX theatres uh, for, for two weeks. So it's going to be shot with IMAX cameras. So that could be quite impressive. I'm looking forward to that. September next year, that's coming out. And I assume they'll run those two episodes and then it'll run straight into the TV series. Right. So we'll see. But uh, don't know what the UK release will be on that yet. So that's one to look forward to. Next up, we have David Mitchell and Robert Webb are are starting a new sitcom. I'm, I assume you have heard of Mitchell and Webb. I have heard of Mitchell and Webb. <laughs>
2: From that, uh, Mitchell and Webb, uh, yes. Yeah. That way, that's what it's called. Yeah.
0: So. It's called <laughs> that Mitchell and Webb show, isn't it? Um, that so Mitchell and Webb look. Yes. That Mitchell and Webb look. So they, they're on that. They had, uh, the sitcom, which was called, can you remember what the name of the sitcom was? That's terrible. The sitcom, what, Peep Show? Peep Show, that's it. You did, you, hold on. I completely forgot the name. It went completely out of my head. Yes, I've got, it's in front of me as well. Uh, You're
2: You're going to be replaced within the week, Dave.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yes. Uh, you know, obviously, they had Peep Show, which ended, I think, last year. So yes, yeah, something like They're now re-teaming with Channel 4 and with Simon Blackwell, who was one of the writers on Peep Show, I think, but oh, also uh, writes Veep and In The Loop as well. So they're doing uh six episodes, 30 minutes episodes of a new sitcom. Stars David Mitchell as a guy called Stephen, who is the son of a local legend and pub landlord uh called Laurie. Laurie dies and at the start right at the start of the series, and Stephen's sort of set to take over the pub, which has been his lifelong dream to kind of get hold of the family business um, oh, wow. and, and take over it
2: and the, this is David Mitchell this is David Mitchell that doesn't sound like David Mitchell okay. I, d- I don't
0: know you've got to this sort of desperate kind of I don't know I think it does I think it sounds like this sort of desperate character that's been held down by his father and so, now oh, sees the yeah, opportunity maybe, to yeah. shine you know so uh, so he's that he has a sister and his mother who are both apparently creative types so have weed to buy and energy centres to rebalance as the way it's raised in the PR Stephen sees his chance to shine his only achievement so far has been a failed marriage and a slightly disappointing pub refurb. Um, <laughs> so this he sees this as the thing that you know he's going to kind of put his stamp on the world. Sure. Then in walks Andrew, played by Robert Webb,
2: and oh here we are. the uh, the audience rolls their eyes. Yeah. A as an audience-wide. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. So Andrew
0: turns up out of the blue at his dad's funeral. He's a really charismatic character. He's lived in Sydney and Amsterdam and Chicago and the Loire Valley and Berlin. But he spent five months of his life in 1989 being fostered by Stephen's parents, Laurie and Ellen, and when he was 15 years old. And he sort of sees that as being his family, yeah. So he's come home to where he feels comfortable when he heard that Laurie had died, and you know is sort of starting to ingratiate himself back into the family. Right. And you know the the mother and the sister absolutely adore him. This obviously puts Stephen's nose out of joint. Mm. So that's the basic setup for the sitcom. That's good. I'd watch that. I, I given, well, I, I think- mean.
2: I I think you've already got an audience of Mitchell and Webb. Yeah. The setup
0: itself, I don't think he's overly original, but...
2: I mean, it's but, going to be a pub comedy, I guess. Yeah, it's so. a
0: pub comedy, but I think the fact that it's got David Mitchell and Robert Webb involved, the fact mm. that Simon Blackwell's writing it, it's a Channel Four show as well, which is, I think, is a very good place for for this sort of thing. It's got a chance to be very interesting and funny and uh, you know subversive, and I I really like the sound of it. So I think that's going to be one to watch out for. No news on exactly when it's gonna land yet, but if it's been announced now, it's gonna be some point next year, I imagine.
2: Exciting stuff. So you also look forward to.
0: So that's one to look forward to. And another show, which is uh, a new thing that's been announced. You're aware of the show called Grimm?
2: Yes, yes.
0: Written by or produced by a guy called Jim Coif and David Greenwell, who are both Joss Whedon alumni people. So they run <laughs> Grimm. Grimm is coming to its final season this year, or rather January next year it lands on on W, the channel the formerly known as Watch. Uh, so that's the going to be the sixth season of that so they're looking for their next project to move on to what they've decided is they're going to start developing a show called treasure which is described as an actor adventure mystery it's about a group of former grad students in washington dc who accidentally uncover a 40 year old secret which leads them on a wild ride through history as they attempt to Unravel an unsolved murder, find hidden blood money, and avoid being killed by an assassin from the past. Cool. <laughs> if that sounds a bit like National Treasure,
2: the <laughs> Nick Cage movie, yes. there's yeah. a reason
0: for that. Um, Jim Coif was the writer of both the National Treasure movies.
2: If that sounds a bit like National Treasure.
0: <laughs> so, um, yes, I, I think, yeah, I, it's sounding very much like it could be National Treasures, the TV series, mm. even though it won't be called that. But I, you know, that, that seems to be where they're heading with it. In spirit. In in spirit, most definitely. I, I think it sounds fun. You know, I mean, we've got like Hooten and the lady, which is the, the, yeah. the sky series that they've done. So I think these sort of big action inventory things could be quite, it can be quite fun.
2: Yeah. It's sort of got, it's got something of an Indiana Jones in there somewhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, and it's got a and some will cast by the sides of it. They've not said they're going to be like one person, particularly standing out. It's it's described as a group of grad students. So, all
2: oh, right, okay. You know,
0: so it, it could be kind of interesting. You've got David Greenwald and Jim Coy for the two people behind it. Their previous stuff includes Buffy, Angel, X-Files, Ghost Whisperer, and, as I said, the National Treasure movies. Yeah, so,
2: Dave, you should have a, a little bell on the podcast. And t- every time someone says Buffy, just a ding little bell I think, I think that would get wrong quite a lot i think that'd be an interesting experiment.
0: well it was so good so you know sure
2: but it's given it's given birth to so much so oh. many of these programs we like x you know screen playwrights or you know whatever yeah no so I've, many people they,
0: they, i've actually been very tempted to do a sort of flow chart of where people started in, like, in you know in School of rock, where stuff.
2: Jack Black writes on the wall and he goes from like rock and roll through to punk and yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. one of those from like *Weeden* dramas kind of you know, much, where much much to... a
2: not cool version of that yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> but yes I I've always thought that would be quite a good good thing should, to do that's a great idea um, so yeah that's don't know when that's going to land if that's going to land I mean they're developing at the moment so it will come to NBC in the US, if they pick it up, Grim. As I said, the sixth season of that is due to air on W, the channel he formerly known as Watch, on uh, January um, next year. So, I do hate that name. <laughs> w is such a stupid name for a ch- channel. Anyway, that's all the news for this week. Next up, we have the interview. <laughs> This week's interview is with Cabot McMullen. He's production designer on Designated Survivor. I uh, if you've been watching any of this. It's Netflix. Yeah, you know,
2: Designated Survivor is the next thing I'm watching. Is it good?
0: It's really good. I really like it. Keith was brilliant. As always. Yes, yeah. Isn't you know. it
2: that he's, he's he's somewhere in line for the presidency, but quite a way down, and there's an accident, so he has to do the presidency? Uh,
0: well, basically, yes. But the, the premise is the US, when they have big like State of the Union things, which involves basically the entire government, they have what is known as the designated survivor, who is one person who's generally not particularly important, uh, that is locked away in a room so if the president and the other people in the secession are killed they have somebody that they will that he's basically becomes president sure so and that is genuinely how they do it so the designated survivor in this case is Keith Sutherland. bomb goes off killing basically everybody and uh, he becomes president and it's what do you do when you really weren't expecting to become president? And sure. in the uh, and uh, how do you cope in the mass in the aftermath of a massive terrorist attack?
2: So what's the, is it? Are we drama? Are we comedy? So, are no, we it's drama. So uh, it, but that says like it could be funny. Yes. No. Well, I, I can't. Remember, it,
0: it was there was a film called King Ralph, <laughs> which which yeah. starred which so starred John Candy, which basically had the same premise, but that was a comedy.
2: Yes. So is
0: John Candy not in it then. No, John Candy's not in it. Interestingly, John Candy was in the West Wing, I think, to remember. But anyway, (laughs) we're
2: we're getting (laughs)
0: massively off track here. Um, Yes, so who I spoke to was Cabot McMullen. He's the production designer on Designated Survivor. He's had a ridiculous... Career over the number <laughs> of years. He was uh, started off working on Saturday Night Live. He went on to work on Michael J. Fox's show Spin City. Wow. Uh, he was on S- Smash. He was on Scrubs. He was on Extant. He did the first few episodes of Supergirl.
2: I know uh, Scrubs. I know everything about Scrubs there.
0: Scrubs yeah. is my life. <laughs> Great show. So he recently worked on Designated Survivor, recreating a whole bunch of rooms for that show, but the most famous one, obviously, being the Oval Office which you'd sort of think was a fairly straightforward thing to do because it's the Alval Office but there's a lot of things that you have to first of all take into account when you're building a version of the Over Office which has got to work on screen and mm. you've also got to try and make it not look like the six other shows that also have Over sure, Offices yes, on screen yes. so it's making that sort of distinction as well so he's worked on those he's also worked with uh, the director Kevin Smith on uh, Red State and Yoga Houses, which are two of his uh, more recent movies so uh, we talk a little bit about that as well so here's the interview with Cabot. It's about 30 minutes long. We'll see you afterwards with some air dates.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!"
0: Good, good. Should we start by doing a, a bit of background? So how, sure. how did you get into production design? Because I've spoken to a number of production designers and the, the general consensus is it's not something that they go into knowingly. It's something that they tend to stumble into <laughs> having, having kind of gone, oh, you could do this as a job. That's great. <laughs>
4: I had a similar
0: experience. Um, I mean, it's
4: good to have a skill set that relates to design. Yeah. You know, to have obviously artistic skills is always a plus. Yeah. But, you know, if you're interested in history, if you're interested in architecture, art, you know, all, all the arts sort of come together in production design. Yeah. I was originally trained in architecture. I worked for a furniture designer in New York City named Vladimir Kagan. That was my first job right out of school. I worked in his factory. Okay. And um, I needed a, a cheap place to live. So I answered an ad and rented a flat downtown in New York City. And I ended up living with a bunch of actors. And they <laughs> saw me drawing away in the corner, you know, on my drawing table. And they came over and they said, Hey, you can draw, right? And I I was like, yeah, said, well, we need a set for our show. Maybe you could help us out. So that's kind of how it started. I ended up doing off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway theater in yeah. New York City as kind of a side thing. And it turned out I was good at it and I really enjoyed it. And it was a great way to meet people. Yeah. And then it just kind of went from there. I assisted in theater for five years on Broadway. Right. Uh, my first TV job was Saturday Night Live. <laughs> so I was, I was an art director there for season 10. Yeah. And then I was uh, hired to do the sets for Spin City, which was the Michael J. Fox series. I love that show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Steven Spielberg was our producer so that was very exciting oh cool and from there I met uh, the writers on the show created Scrubs the tv show Scrubs
0: ah right yes and yeah.
4: so I was brought out to Los Angeles to to create Scrubs with them and from there I met all kinds of young up-and-coming directors who were doing all sorts of exciting things and a few of them took me along with them and yeah I've just kept going with it so you know I had a I had a Art, art background, I got a BFA in college and got a graduate degree in interior architecture. Yeah. But literally came in through the side door with theater. It was not part of my plan at all. And uh, <laughs> but once it happened, I embraced it and yeah. decided I go with it.
0: Yeah. As I say, I've, I've spoken to uh, three or four production designers before, and they all have the same story of kind of, you know, I, well, I didn't plan to do this, but, but, you know, I really enjoyed it when I got into it. <laughs> yeah you know, and they've sort of all stuck at it. So it's funny. It's the same with the costume designers as well. They're, they're the same sort of thing. <laughs> well, the thing is, when I was in, you
4: know, high school over here and preparing for college, the advisors that we had at the school, even though I was part of the theatre company, they had no idea that this was something you could make a living at. So yeah, uh, I, I didn't even know it existed until I landed in New York. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and, and and of course, New York's the kind of place where you just kind of bump into things and things happen. <laughs> yeah, so It's my good fortune, I have to say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so number of shows you worked on, uh, Extant you worked on, uh, Undateable, Cougar Town, Scrubs, you mentioned mm-hmm. Spin City. Um, yeah. You worked on the first series of Supergirl as well. I did. I did the first, uh, I did the pilot in the first
4: six episodes, and then I, I moved on. And I'm actually starting up a new show for DC and Warner Brothers right now called Powerless. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. A workplace comedy set in the DC universe. Yeah. Uh, like some of these photos behind me are from a sequence that we're putting together over here. So, yeah, I've, I've been involved in, you know, big one hour dramas, uh, of which Designated Survivor is a good example. Yes. Uh, Extant was also a very interesting project for television because we had to create scenes in zero gravity and up in space yeah how do you do zero gravity on on a tv budget well it's a very good question because when uh, we all started on it no one really it didn't really dawn on anybody uh, (laughs) you know that the difficulties that were going to be involved because you know hair has to sort of look different things have to float there are many things get affected and it was actually steven Spielberg who came up with the idea of creating a um, uh, artificial gravity in a in a, a circumference around the spaceship so we created a wheel right that rotate and it would create artificial gravity and so uh we had some scenes where you're going through the middle of the ship yeah. had Gravity, and then to help with the budget, we would go into the zero g <laughs> or the, the gravity space. Yeah, yeah. Very strategically designed to to deliver that kind of effect. Yeah. And that that's the thing with episodic television, as I'm sure you're aware, that you have to make choices that are help move the story forward, but also are responsible for time and budget because we're under very challenging situations compared to a feature. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. The the watch out you mentioned there, which he's he's currently running, um, designated to. which actually runs on netflix over here we get it at the we get it in sort of the day after you do which is rare because that doesn't always happen with US shows oh that's interesting (laughs) yeah we get it on netflix over here which is nice so so you know we're up to date which is good you design various rooms for that show the oval office being kind of one of the major ones yes how much leeway do you get when you're designing something which is a, a famous space like that and how close is it to the actual over-office? Well, that's a great
4: question. We kind
0: of walked in realizing that with, you know, the 24-7
4: news cycle now, shows like Scandal v... Uh, House of Cards. Yeah. And Madam Secretary, you know, everybody in the world knows what these spaces look like. And so if there's anything that's not true to form, it'll take you out of the moment. And so we, yeah, the Oval Office and a lot of the West Wing, we wanted it to be as accurate as possible. Yeah. We were very fortunate to have had a consultant on the show named Rich Klein. Rich was brought in to work with the writers. He is um, one of the partners at McClarty Associates in DC. Mac McClarty was Clinton's chief of staff. Right. In the 90s. And so they're a consulting firm that helped put deals together, I guess, all over the world when uh, foreign com- uh, countries need you know, to interact with the U.S. government and, and vice versa. Yeah. So the director, Paul McGuigan, who you may know or know of, he's Scottish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A brilliant director. I had worked with him on an episode of Smash in New York yes. uh, yeah. like in 2014. And so we we knew each other from that episode, but hadn't really developed, you know, something from the ground up like this. Paul came in with a really interesting take on the story. He wanted it to be very kind of intimate and very emotional. Uh, we started looking at movies like The Candidate and also United 93, the Paul Greengrass movie. Yeah, Yeah. It was very kinetic and kind of, you know, took you right into the experience of 9-11 that day. And one of, the, one of the requests was, let's go to Washington and let's talk to the people who would have lived through a story like this. Right, yeah. So Rich set up meetings with us or for us with um, D.C. Metro Police, FBI, Secret Service. And then on our second visit, we actually got a private tour of the West Wing. Right. Uh, President Obama was in Los Angeles at the time. <laughs> so we had the place to ourselves, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. So it, we weren't allowed to take photographs. Right. Most of it. So I'm walking around with a sketch pad. And I'm like, you know, drawing pictures. <laughs> seriously <laughs> trying to take notes and all that was really to try to get as accurate an oval office and west wing experience on the screen as possible now what we did do through our research i studied various administrations like the drapery and um the office comes from fdr yeah the flags come from nixon right the furnishings and the color palette are reagan's right and then we noticed that uh on the walls of obama's office he has striped wallpaper which you know we had never seen before through all the research right now the great thing about the having a pattern on the wall is you actually start to see the geometry of the room because yeah when it's all you know monochromatic it's really it does it doesn't really it, it kind of flattens out
3: Yeah,
0: yeah
4: so Uh, David Smith, who was the decorator for the Obama's renovation of the Oval Office, introduced the the geometry to the wallpaper. And so we wanted to do something similar, but not the same. Yeah. Uh, Because I think think it's on Madam Secretary, they've done the stripes as well. Right. So we ended up using a uh, kind of a lattice pattern. Yeah. That was based on a historical damask, and we integrated that into the set. And so there are some things different, but there's also... You know a lot of historical accuracy to the space.
0: Yeah I mean I just kind of was wondering you know because of the fact that it's something like you say there are so many shows that use that set Uh, or use that you know that room how do you differentiate it but yeah the wallpaper thing is is kind of interesting i'd not really thought of that but yeah i guess uh, particularly on tv you also got to get cameras and stuff in there so how do you manage that well you have to be very strategic about
4: it paul had two very specific shots in mind that could not have been achieved without breaking walls right if you've seen the pilot he had one shot where the camera starts on Kiefer's back as he's leaning against the uh, resolute desk in the oval office yeah and it's his first moment alone after everyone has left the room yes it's his first moment alone as president and the camera basically booms way up way yeah. high overhead and looks down so he he looks like this tiny little figure in this big round room and yeah it was a very exciting moment now the only way we could do that was to literally open up the entire back of the set yeah so fully one quarter of the of the ellipse is one big piece with the windows and it's all put on what we call a wagon. So it's like castered, right? Yeah. So the whole the whole set just magically opens up. It breaks right at the window lines. Right. And that's how we were able to get the shot. Now opposite the desk is a fireplace. Yeah. What we ended up doing was turning the fireplace into a wagon, a smaller one (laughs) That's six feet high. Or six feet wide, five feet high. Yeah. And that thing just pushes right out of the wall, and then you can get a camera in there. And that's how we got that shot where Kirkman is with the Iranian ambassador and they're having that scene. Yeah. On the two couches there. Yeah. Yeah. So at either end, you've got two big openings that can wild out as we call it, you know, get out (laughs) of the way.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's it's a great bit of work because uh, you know you can't tell at all, which you know I mean, I'm sure is the yeah. idea, but you know it it works really really well. You, you've also got um, things like the emergency operations center, yes, which is is a much more kind of modern, sparkly sort of set, I guess. Yes, is that completely done from imagination or is there some grounding for that as well?
4: It's a little of both. We, through our meetings with the security people in DC, we were told that there is an actual space like that It's seven floors below the White House. Right. No one's ever seen it. And it is a fortified space to protect uh, the president and his his team from any harm. Uh, Evidently, it connects to a series of tunnels that Roosevelt started to dig out during World War II. Right. So... From what we were told, and this is supposedly classified, so maybe I shouldn't be saying
3: this,
4: (laughs) but you can take an elevator down from the West Wing to the PEOC, and then there is an exit strategy that takes you out to, I think it's the Washington Monument, which is in the mall, which is not too far away. Right, yeah, yeah. So we started to reference, actually... Uh, Putin has just built a huge facility in Moscow, right. which you can see the photos of online. And so we took some some references from that. In his version, he can actually exit out through a submarine and he goes out into the river and he's <laughs> off. <you know>? Um, <laughs> very Bond
0: villain of him. <laughs>
4: yes, it's very James Bond, uh, which brings us to another hero, uh, Ken Adam, R- the British designer. OK. Uh, who designed all the Bonds film, Bond films. Yeah. And Designated Survivor opens in the FBI safe room. Yeah. And if you notice, if you take another look, you'll see there's a wallpaper pattern on the wall that we created. Okay. Which is a reference to David Hicks, the British, also British designer. (laughs) If you watch The Shining, Kubrick's The Shining. Yes. That that very distinctive, iconic carpet, that's a David Hicks design. (laughs) And then we referenced The War Room and Dr. Strangelove for the P.I. (laughs) So designated survivor opens with a Kubrick reference and closes with one, which we thought was kind of a fun little chestnut. You know, that's fantastic. Yeah. And the thing we loved about the War Room in *Strangelove* is that one line where Peter Sellers says, "Gentlemen, there'll be no fighting in the War Room."
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: You should, it should see if Kiefer could just sneak that onto a script right. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it would, would probably be in character as well, I would have thought. For, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you look at the
4: PAC though, which stands for President's presidential emergency operations center yeah you know we referenced putin's version we referenced um, norad which is the north american yeah. uh response you know for all the nuclear stuff and then we also referenced the Defen bunker which is in canada right which is a cold war era safe place for the canadian government should there be some catastrophic event right paul really wanted to have kind of an old uh um uh, uh, cold war mid-century kind of vibe to the fbi office that we open in and there's some of that going on in the pia but then mark gordon also who was, who was our executive producer he wanted that to be a big wow moment in the show you know like you know everybody knows what the west wing is like and yeah that, that's going to look great we all know it's going to look great but when you get into the pia he wanted it to really kind of open up and become like this big moment in the show
0: yeah yeah I, and th- those are the two rooms that really stand out for me um I, you know i think in the show so yeah i think that works definitely you know the one thing that got
4: cut out of the pilot there was a uh, a moment where the keeper gets in an elevator with his security detail and he goes down the seven floors that i talked about yeah and then em- empties out into this long corridor, this tunnel, and it was supposed to be this long, lonely walk for, you know, Kiefer to the Yeah, They cut all the elevator stuff and the tunnel out of it. (laughs) So we ended up right at the door and then he
0: walks in and it's like, wow, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe in series they'll do more of that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I noticed there was a couple of um, movies which were on your uh, IMDb as well. You were involved in Red State, which I, I assume is why you were also involved in Yoga Houses. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> which is Kevin Smith's uh, latest movie. And I adore Kevin Smith. I listen to his podcast yep. all the time. Um, uh, you know, uh, he's he's partly the inspiration for the fact that I have a podcast now. Uh, so, so, oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I, I'd be a huge fan of his. So, yes, Yoga Hoses, interesting movie to be involved with. I haven't actually managed to see it yet, but I am looking forward to it. Given mm. the subject matter, one of the questions we have for people is, What's the weirdest thing you've been asked to create? And I'm guessing that that's probably from a Kevin Smith movie in your case. <laughs> that was probably the
4: the most sort of gonzo out there project that I've ever seen. In a script yeah when i first read it i was like this is so crazy so bizarre but so fantastic that you know i have to be a part of it so
0: yeah
4: yeah i've always been a big fan of you know the horror genre and i'd never really had an opportunity so when i was brought on to red state i was thrilled you know to be part of that but it was clear that kevin was kind of going in a direction where he was just sort of leaving the studios behind and the industry and he was just totally doing his own thing yeah And I admire that about him as an artist. I think he's probably happier as a writer than as a director because, you know, I asked him this question one day. I said, you know, because what was remarkable about Red State is we would shoot 10, 12 hour days and then he would go into his trailer and he would edit all night (laughs) and then he would shoot all day the next day. And this went on for five weeks. Yeah. And literally the day we wrapped, the movie was finished. He had it all cut together. He had a rough cut all put together. We had a rap party two days later. He screened the entire movie for the whole cast <laughs> and crew. It's insane. And I've never sort of met anybody like. Him. you know the the writing and the editing process, I think, is really where he's, you know, in his element and really happiest. I think when he's, you know, working as a director, it's almost like he's already completed it in his head, you know, so it's, yeah, yeah, it's almost like, and do I have to do this again? You know. Sort of, <laughs> yeah. But he, he's he's um he's a very unique artist and um yeah, I think one of the most brilliant in our in our industry. But you know, he's on this journey right now where he's doing his own thing. A lot of people don't understand it. And yeah, yeah. You know, I think in a few years people are gonna look back and go, Oh wow, now I get it. You know? Yeah, yeah. But, um,
0: that I would—it's it, a very interesting collection of uh, movies. You got Yoga Hoses, What was the, f- Tusk. the Tusk? Yes, the Walrus movie.
4: I was supposed to do Tusk, but then I, I had a conflict. Ah, uh, get to do that one, but. Yoga Hoses was the second in the trilogy of the the yeah. Canadian trilogy that he's doing.
0: Yeah, and and the last one is Moose Jaws, which is jaws with a moose. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's just fantastic. I'm so looking forward to to uh, to catching up with Yoga Hoses and you know seeing the next one ironically as well as you say you know, he's probably more comfortable editing and writing he's now got himself a career as a tv director working on the dc shows because he did flash yes. and he's doing supergirl this season as well so uh so yeah i mean although he I, I i have heard him say that when it comes to directing those shows it's less about directing and more about just kind of showing up and being nice to people,
4: <laughs> you know, because they do it so well. So Yeah. And the universe has been established. Yeah. In Red State, you know, he was very busy with a lot of things. And so we got him, you know, at key moments. But Dave Klein, who was the DP, he and I really prepped the movie. And then Kevin would kind of come in and, you know, make it his own. But it was um, it's a similar situation, you know, where when you do episodic TV, the directors come in and yeah, everything, it's like a, a well-oiled machine, and which is great because then they can be really creative within the, the limits that they've got. And yeah, but Greg Berlanti, who produced Supergirl here at Warner brothers. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I was privileged, you know, to work with he and his team for the pilot in the first six. And then, um, yeah, now he's got everything in Vancouver. So they're all together, you know, it's kind of remarkable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That probably from a production point of view, makes a lot more sense than having, one separate in L. A., you know, uh, but then they were on yeah. separate networks at the time. So I mean, I get why. But yeah, yeah. I mean, powerless, which you're you're now doing as well, is uh, tangentially kind of attached to that universe. As, although it's a is, what networks is on. Is it going out on CW? It's or is N- it N- NBC? It's going out on NBC yeah. NBC, yeah. Marvel also had a workplace comedy
4: that they were trying to develop, and they couldn't get it together. So this is going to be the first genre busting version
0: of a DC show. Yeah yeah kind of making it onto mainstream tv which is pretty exciting yeah i am very much looking forward to powerless coming on because it, it sounds like such a wonderful idea of setting it with a sort of half hour you know office comedy thing i i think is, yeah. is such an interesting idea so i am really looking forward to that uh would you know when that's likely to hit this is, well in the states it's supposed to launch uh mid-season so it'll probably be on in february okay yeah yeah so hopefully we'll get it at some points around then over here as well but uh that not always the case but (laughs) a couple more kind of slightly general questions what would you say is the toughest challenge you've had on a show more and more it's time lack of time lack of time yeah you know from a business
4: perspective the profit margins at the studios are getting tighter and tighter now and so they're tightening you know, their grip on everything. It used to be I would get five or six weeks prep on a show. Now it's, you know, like four, three or four. Yeah. Uh, Everything is very compressed. Budgets are getting tighter, but the expectations are getting greater. Yeah. Game of Thrones has ruined it for everybody. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, really? That's television? That's episodic television? <laughs> like, so, uh, you know, the expectations of the audiences are really high. Yeah. You know, a show like Supergirl, I think, was one of the hardest I did. Extant was very difficult, too, because you're pushing the boundaries of what's technically possible and yeah. budgetarily possible on a weekly basis. Yeah. But we've also got, you know, these incredible digital artists now who are part of our team, the VFX guys. Yeah. Um, you know, they're at all of our production meetings. We, we partner with them in the art department. Generally, the art department builds a small piece of what is going to become a much bigger event. Yeah. And so we start with a physical object and then the, uh, the VFX team will extend it. Uh, they'll create effects around it. You know, a show like Supergirl, there was a big fight every week. Yeah, a big, something gets destroyed. She saves the day, you know, so we <laughs> we we had to um, create these physical moments, you know, whether it was a building collapsing or a, a car crashing or something flying, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, the VFX work on Supergirl is just astonishing for uh, a TV for, you know, a network TV show you yeah, know quite amazing work that they're doing uh same with the other dc shows as well i mean they put king shark in flash which is is a character with <laughs> which is sort of half man half shark and you, you just don't expect to see something like that on a tv show you right know?
4: yeah no, it's a company called Encore. They're based here in Los Angeles, but they now have offices uh, in Vancouver. <laughs> Understandably, York, yes. And uh, but they they do a great job, really great job.
0: Yeah, no, phenomenal, phenomenal bit of work. That it's mm-hmm. uh, really, really good. What would you say has been the most interesting experience you've had? in your career so far
4: well for me it's been an opportunity to do you know all these amazing creative shows but to work with some of my heroes when i did extant i was able to you know make a a very formal presentation to steven spielberg with the director alan coulter Coulter directed sopranos he did a lot of uh, boardwalk empire right yes yeah final and you know so the two of us it was it was just alan myself and spielberg in a room you know (laughs) and it was it was it was kind of nerve-wracking you know because we were presenting a PowerPoint slideshow and I kept wondering if the computer was gonna <laughs> yeah go on the fritz or something you know but uh, it all went very well and what was fascinating about that meeting is that you know he really approached us as equals and contemporaries you know and so yeah. it, it became a working meeting where we we literally worked out the gravity wheel thing of the spaceship and all that all at one sitting yeah and I just felt like oh my god you know I've really arrived you know. <laughs> Sitting in a room with a man who, on the wall, there are Mad Magazine covers that are parodies of his movies. You know, So <laughs> yeah. But of course, I grew up loving Mad Magazine. Yeah,
0: so. yeah, yeah. I like the fact that the, that, oh, you know, on the wall are the Mad Magazines. You know, his Oscars are somewhere else, and you know, that's what right. sort of Exactly. That's what matters. That's yeah, yeah. I like that. That's cool. If you weren't doing this as a career, what do you think you would be doing? Uh, graphic novels. Oh,
4: awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm also, part of my process is I do illustrate the sets that I design and I put characters in them and lighting and all that. I'm actually working on a couple graphic novel titles that someday I would like to get out in the world. You know, it could be my second act. We'll see. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I do enjoy, I grew up with comics and yeah. DC was actually, you know, I didn't really care for the Marvel stuff so much, but the... The DC characters were, you know, Batman and Superman and Flash and all that were, yeah, kind of what I grew up with. And um, uh, and there's just so many great artists working in the graphic novels genre now. You know, and so many great stories. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I have a good passion for that.
0: Now I'm very much with you there. I have a disturbingly large amount of DC <laughs> comic oh, really? books. Yeah, I well I tend to collect the trade paper. The you know the trade. Um, Collections rather than the uh, individual books because I just I you know that that would be I'd have like just piles of them everywhere but I I have an entire bookshelf which basically fills a wall of, of DC oh, books. Yeah.
4: Well, if you come to Los Angeles, you have to visit the headquarters because they moved from Los from New York to Los Angeles a year and a half ago. Okay, they're right around the corner from us here, Warner Brothers. And I, I had an opportunity to go in there and I met with uh Dave Evans, who's part of their team. He took us into the archive, which was kind of mind blowing. It's oh, wow. it's uh it's it's kind of like a safe room just with all these bookshelves. It just it's like going into a library, but it's all DC titles and it's multiples of each one. <laughs> and then of course they have all the 3D objects, you know, the figurines and all that there. And yeah, yeah.
0: It's it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. That I'd love to see. Yeah. 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 <laughs> A couple of last questions I have for sure. you. Sure. Because we run a TV site, there's two questions we always ask. First one is, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? At the moment, I'm watching Designated Survivor. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love Catastrophe. Oh, right. Yeah. Um,
4: let's see. What else am I watching right now? Well, House of Cards, of course. Yes. And I've started watching Westworld, which I think is fantastic. I oh. don't know if you've seen it yet.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's coming. That that we Thankfully, we ha- we get that day after you do, I think. so. Um, right. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, an amazing show. I'm kind of an eclectic TV
4: watcher, I guess. I also watch some of the, the Housewife shows, you know. The, <laughs> <laughs> it's just good fun. Um some of the com- the competition shows like Survivor, we're watching the current Survivor right now, which is right interesting. Yeah. Um I haven't gotten caught up on the DC stuff right now, so I'll have to get back to that. But
0: yeah, yeah. Um, it's good. I've out of all of them flash i think he's still top of the bunch for me but um uh-huh. i really like the first season of supergirl and i'm interested to see what they do for the next season of it and i like legends because it's just silly and time travel and uh-huh. you know, that's always good fun so yeah have you yeah. seen stranger things yes yeah
4: amazing show. Uh, I, I just finished that and it was it was just so amazing i loved every minute of it
0: um yeah.
4: Big fan of Stranger. Most of what's going on on Netflix right now are just game changers. You know, they're yeah, really, really amazing programming. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great time to be. You know, yeah, in TV and to watch TV. It's yeah,
0: yeah. It, absolutely. I love the nostalgia stuff. I'm I'm of an age that I remember that sort of <laughs> stuff. Uh-huh. So you know, yeah, just, just over forty. So you know, I'm uh, I'm old enough to remember those kind of 80s stuff. So I love Stranger Things. It's fabulous. Yeah. Final question would be, if you had the opportunity to work on any show, past, present, or future, what show would it be? Oh, gosh. Um, probably Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> yes. as well go large.
4: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the opportunities to create fictional worlds that are rooted in history, I think. Yeah. The thing about production design is that it at its best it should tell you something about the characters that the script can't tell you you know yeah. a word and i think they do that so well in that show you know creating the the universe right down to the details of how they all live and what they yeah. eat you know yeah it's just fantastic uh, april yeah. ferry who is our costume designer on extant is now doing game of thrones oh right okay and, um so i'm i'm jealous <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they ran a uh, a wonderful mini documentary thing before the last season came out, which was sort of a day in the life of Game of Thrones, and showed just how big that production is, and with them shooting yeah. in Ireland, and you know. Um, well, we had uh,
4: uh, Miguel Sapochnik, who just won the Emmy, yeah, for Thrones. He was our finale director on Extant. Right. And I, I spent, you know, a couple of weeks riding around in a van with him trying to find locations. Yeah. And he explained to me that the directors are hired. They're basically on retainer for six months to do one episode, which is just. <laughs> and so they, they basically, because everything's shot out of sequence, they get called in they have to parachute in for you know two three weeks at a time yeah but it takes them like six months to prep and shoot an episode it's, <laughs> i mean you no, know, that's why you see so much detail on that show they just have so sort of the luxury of you know all that development time yeah yeah it's if i had to pick a show from the past uh i would probably say uh the wild wild west you know from the early 60s oh wow yeah 60s. awesome and i love all that sort of G whiz gadgetry stuff but <laughs> set in a, a period setting like that yeah Maybe you can
0: see see if you could work your way into Westworld.
4: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they're shooting up in Santa Clarita, which isn't too far from here. So
0: yeah, yeah. I I was looking at some of the location stuff. I I looked like they're using some of the old um, Wild West sets and things, and you know they are. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. There's a there's a kind of a south of the border town up there that I shot a movie called Delta Farce up there, and I, right. I built built a few of those buildings. So I. I'm watching the show and I'm like, wait a minute! There's the arch I built. There's (laughs) (laughs) the—that's cool. I've already got a little bit of myself in the in their backgrounds, you know. Yeah,
0: Yeah. maybe maybe that's your way. awesome well thank you for coming on and and, uh, spending a bit of time talking it's been a real pleasure it's been a pleasure for me too dave thank you no problem have a good day okay bye now cheers bye so that was the interview with cabot mcmillan hope you really enjoyed that designated survivor is now streaming on netflix with new episodes being added every thursday so
2: go watch it because it's a great show i could i could catch up then i could potentially
0: Yes. Yeah. It's you, you'll have a nice chunk to catch up on. It's about six episodes in. So
2: I am am not catching up with that.
0: (laughs) And uh, it's, it's just had the, uh, it's just had the run extended as well to a full 23 episodes as well. Oh, wow. That's great. Anyway, next up, air dates. (laughs) Air dates this week. Uh, First of all, cancellations, uh, not, Strictly a cancellation, but conviction. I just wanted to mention because uh, there's a number of sites saying, Oh, conviction's been cancelled. Technically, it hasn't, it's still alive but it probably is cancelled. <laughs> um, oh, that's good. It's probably. basically, um, it's a first season show, Telly Atwell Atwell's show, Peggy Carter. Uh, it's a first season show. They didn't pick up the last nine episodes, which is what they usually will do if a show's going mm. to get renewed. If that's not been picked up, it's very likely to be
2: cancelled. The, the back nine, they call it. They? Yes,
0: the back nine. So the back nine weren't actually picked up. That's they usually...
2: Didn't, I- if I recall, they didn't with the Muppets, but then they had loads of different writers. Zachary, was that right? Do you remember um,
0: that? Yeah, and I mean, and sometimes they will pick up the back nine and then still cancel the show anyway. Mm. But um, the fact that it's it's a freshman show it hasn't had the back nine picked up that's usually a very very bad sign so although it's not officially cancelled they had made it very clear that you know they've not released cast from their contracts and that sort of stuff but yeah Yeah, I, i would doubt i i would not be holding out much hope for seeing that coming back over on renewals westworld He's back for a second season. Hello. That's been picked up for a second season. I've
2: I've heard generally positive when I've talked to people. Yeah. People seem to like it.
0: Well, Westworld, in the US anyway, I'm not sure what the numbers are like over here, but in the US, it's actually been gaining audience week on week.
2: Oh, that's good.
0: (laughs) Which is is just not what happens with TV dramas. (laughs) You know, so, you know, TV dramas, you get a big spike at the start and then the audience drops as people kind of drop away from it. Uh, Westworld has actually gained audience each week. You know, people were touting it as the Game of Thrones replacement and I think that is definitely the case. This will be the thing that takes over from Game of Thrones, I think. That's their big show. So so that's good. And uh, literally just announced before we... uh, came on air. Dirk Gentley's holistic detective agency has been renewed for a second season. So that will be back as well, even though it's not aired over here.
2: So we get more of you saying those words. <laughs>
0: holistic, yes. <laughs> as I was told off for saying it wrong. Yes. Holistic.
2: <laughs> oh why isn't it holistic no Hol- holistic holistic ho- ho- as in the whole holistic i don't know, <laughs> I to, Damn, anyway. I don't, know. Don't, don't confuse
0: me that's what i'm going to have it as. <laughs> so yes that's coming back as well uh in terms of changes we've now got an air date for this is us which has been this huge american drama the the trailer when it came out got some ridiculous number of hits on youtube i'm not entirely sure why i mean it's it's <laughs> It's basically it
2: looks, looks rubbish.
0: <laughs> well, it it just looks to me a bit like your sort of family dramary sort of thing. Okay. I mean it's it's got Milo Ventamelia in it, who is obviously very popular. Justin Hartley, who was uh Green Arrow on Smallville, I seem to remember. Uh Mandy Moore is in it. Um some other people, but I you know, I mean I, I'm sure it's great, but I I, I i'm just sure
2: it's didn't great really great they'll have that on the box <laughs> i'm <laughs> sure it's great but it
0: doesn't, i mean and i've not seen any of it so i can't really judge but it just didn't grab me particularly but it's called this is us it's first season of it is coming to channel four on the 6th of december at 9 p.m so make of that what you will when it when it airs <laughs> on the 6th of december there is another time-travelling show called Travellers, starring... We've well, got to stop
2: doing it. I've had enough of these. So <laughs> this we'll one's do. coming
0: to Netflix on the 23rd of December. I think we may have mentioned this last week, actually, but, uh, yeah, coming to Netflix on the 23rd of December.
2: Yes, I believe so, yeah.
0: Uh, stars Eric McCormack from um, Willard Grace. So that will be arriving on Netflix. Could be one one interesting one to watch. Taboo, which is coming on the 7th of January. We're starting getting January exact dates now. Ooh. 7th of January on BBC1 there is a show starting called Taboo it's an eight episode drama set in 1814 starring Tom Hardy. Wow. <laughs> so uh it's it's Tom Hardy and been written by Stephen Knight for, who is the man behind Peaky Blinders. Oh okay sure. And exec produced by Ridley Scott. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) there's the
2: missing, there's the rub here. (laughs) So
0: I I think, you know, stars Tom Hardy as a son who was thought long dead. He returns home to London from Africa to inherit what's left of his father's shipping empire. It's a period piece, as we said, exec produced by Tom Hardy, Ridley Scott and Stephen Knight. Stephen Knight, I think he's he's, um, writing it as well. So it's a phenomenal cast with a phenomenal group of people behind it. It's called Taboo. Starts on BBC One on the seventh of January, and I definitely think that's going to be one to watch mm. out for. There is a trailer up on the website for it as well. If you uh, want to go and check
2: have out to, the have to make sure to check that out.
0: So there's that final season of Bones, season twelve, starts on Sky Living on the sixteenth of January at nine pm. So that's that back for its very final season. Which I, I, mean, I like that show, but there is only so many ways you can kill somebody. <laughs> so yes. So there's that. Jason Momoa from Game of Thrones and Aquaman He has a new show coming to Netflix called Frontier. That is an adventure drama set around the late 18th century of the North American fur trade. It's Canadian made. And then Netflix are kind of co-funding it, which is why it's airing on Netflix outside Canada. So Mm. that's called Frontier. It starts on Netflix on the 20th of January. I think that could be an interesting one to watch. And uh, Suits, second half of Suits starts back on Dave on the 29th of January at 10pm, which I love that show, so I'm really happy to see that back as well mm. next week on TV, there isn't much new stuff coming next week on TV, there was a lot last week, not so much this week American Dad season 13 starts on Fox on the 24th of November at 10pm,
2: yeah, I do like American Dad Dave,
0: oh yeah that I've, I've kind of fallen away from it more recently, but it's still very funny when I do catch an episode so yes. I do really yeah. like it, uh, so American Dad 13 season 24th of november at 10 p.m who do you think you are which is the bbc's genealogy show that's back for its 13th season on the 24th of november on bbc one at 8 p.m which i love i find that show fascinating because i really Mm. like genealogy so you know so that's back then finally we have the gilmore girls a year in the life (laughs) yay which uh arrives on the 25th of november on netflix which i'm really looking forward to because as we've spoken about on number Of times, I binged watch my way through seven seasons of that show in about a month. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing that come back. It's awesome. So, that's everything I think for this week. Unless you've got anything else you'd like to add? No, I think
2: that's it. I think that's it. We're going to watch Fantastic Beasts next week, so I suppose I should be uh, reporting back.
0: Yes, I need to go and see that at some point as well. I haven't got around to it, so I'm I'm going off to play more Lego
2: Dimensions now. (laughs) Good for you.
0: If you want to find us, our website is geektown.co.uk and you can go on there throughout the week to see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch, you can email your questions to podcast at geektown.co.uk. You can leave a message on the website post or find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown or on Instagram at Geektown That's everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.